Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself a Gun. The mailbag episode. Mail. It's not a female bag episode, that's for sure. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? Vaginas. Uh, (laughs) That's not... No. No. This is... I just meant because we're all dudes. It's like a dude's rock episode. Hell yeah. Dude's rock and they read only male mailbags. Uh... (laughs) This is the episode where Vince Mancini and I go through every single one of your emails and voicemails and talk about it. I thought you were going to join me oh, on that sorry, one. Oh, sorry, yeah. Well, I didn't know where you were going to go with it because it's a different thing than we usually do. Yeah, it do. is a different intro. That's true. I threw I threw you uh, a curveball, and for that, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Just uh, reminding you, five stars in review, blah, blah, blah. Anyways... You know, this is a this is the second time we've done this, and uh, once again, we are having for our guest. You know him as the producer of Pod Yourself a Gun, and also as the host of the Reactivators podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, welcome Brent Flyberg. Hello, it's me, the third male in the bag. Happy to be here. Excited <laughs> to read yeah. some of these unhinged letters we've been sent. I'm very excited. Uh, you, know, you know, feedback has been tremendous. It. We love that <laughs> yes. our work is having an effect on the world and, uh, you know, just echoing through eternity. People mm-hmm. seem to really enjoy The Sopranos. Uh-huh. And we're just glad to be riding that wave, you know? It took 20 years, but eventually people were like, what is this show about <laughs> Italians eating Italian food and doing crimes? And then people discovered it, and they were like, oh, you know what would help this show? A companion podcast hosted by not 
the cast. That's right. You know, no, two other guys talking Sopranos. Look, mm-hmm. we need to catch some of the reflected glow of the Sopranos. And if you're actually on the Sopranos, you don't need that. Just go <laughs> glow somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like you already Honestly, got it. Live your life at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. weird that you keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not for us. No, we I need this. Like this, is, not weird. this is the result. This is like the result of modern capitalism is even the people like if the if a show as popular as the sopranos had existed like 30 years ago they would be rich enough that they would truly not need to do this but i right. feel like every celebrity now is either doing a podcast about the thing they're known for or selling tequila because even they're like i don't have a, I, I have to yeah. feed all of these kids i made yeah no i never want yeah my mm. i need to put gabagool in these kids mouths uh <laughs> i always I, I always wonder is it like capitalism or is it just shame because like it used to be you know it, it used to be television was considered lower than uh being in movies and like movie stars wouldn't be in television because they were movie stars and then totally you know and then neither of them would be in commercials because like being in commercials is like uh degrading whereas like now right you know everybody's in commercials everybody does everything it doesn't matter and everyone's Mm -hmm. doing a podcast and Mm -hmm. and that's like just part of it i mean uh, george clooney isn't doing a podcast but like you know dax shepherd is sure fucking jason bateman is like do you uh, at this point, they're all doing podcasts, and uh, it's just, you know, I, I do think that part of it is obviously, like, we now live in a time where you can continue to capitalize off of your fame uh, when you're in between work, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's totally fine and understandable, but it's just always, it's funny to me that they're like, you know, hey, there's a chance to make a little bit of money reading Sherry's Berries ads. Yeah. By the way, and- <laughs> I, like I love, I actually really like Dak Shepard, and I kind of always have. But I always mm-hmm. feel like there's nothing that tempts fate more than doing a show that's based around like, isn't my relationship adorable and uh, mm. good and cute? And it's like, yep, bro, has this ever worked out for anyone? Like Howard Stern made an mm-hmm. entire movie about like his relationship with his <laughs> wife, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they got a- divorced like immediately after it's like the Madden curse. Basically anytime mm-hmm. that you put you like the, your relationship on the, on a box cover, it's like, okay, well that is, that's going to go away. Yeah. I just, I just read the Jessica Simpson memoir autobiography and yeah it's it's the same thing where they were like look at how cute we are and the whole time they were spiraling out of control towards divorce and then pretending (laughs) to like oh i'm so kooky like wait was that when was that written relatively recent i want to say in the last like two years so i'm not positive who was the husband at that point nick lachey okay so it's a memoir so it's she's in the she's remarried in the memoir to someone else now but it's Mm -hmm. a lot of it is about the nick lachey years you know not to name drop but i have met nick lachey and his new wife at a uh at a cooking event like i did a cooking event what really yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. oh how the mighty have fallen did you say that (laughs) to his face (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no because he was like i don't know he, he was tagging along to like a f- cooking event where you just you know hang out and eat food we actually uh did you did you say to him uh hey what should i uh what degree should i uh set the <laughs> the oven at yeah 98 yeah. degrees uh-huh. and um, then he was like no that's not very hot it's gonna take his forever. his <laughs> wife was the co-host of uh i want to say like top chef top chef junior 
Um, mm-hmm. I think she used to be like Miss America or something like some something that involves like public speaking because you know she's very is it Vanessa Manillo or is this a different person? It's her name's Vanessa. Yeah, Vanessa Lachey. Okay. She's very she's very polished and you know obviously very like practiced at speaking and stuff. But I remember when uh, like she was taking cooking instruction and she's hosting this cooking show and right. uh, like the chef told her to grab like the basil off of this uh, off of this. Uh, out of this pile of herbs and and she's like which one is the basil and i was like ah she doesn't know which one the basil is come on you can't fool me vanessa Lachey. you call yourself an italian is she italian no she's like asian i think or like no. part asian i can't remember well the asians also like basil anyway true yeah but they like that thai basil you know that's oh that's actually the best basil um yeah Anyways, but this yeah this Manila. Is not, I guess she is Italian. I don't know. Yeah, it's a very uh, the, Italian last name. Uh, she's yeah. uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, yeah, her her mom's Filipino. Her dad's Italian. All right, there you go. Well, that's now, there. You have it. You know, there you have it. I'm to, sure uh, the Sopranos to, would come up with a very insulting uh, <laughs> take on that hybrid of races, but I won't. I mean, two like. Italian and Filipino, just uh, two ethnic groups that seem weirdly comfortable with saying the N word. Um, <laughs> it's just something I've I've noticed uh, when I was in the Bay Area. I was like, man, these Filipino kids are just doing slurs. And then, of course, Italians, <laughs> known for doing. You don't want to put two Catholic races together because, like, they inevitably have like twenty-seven, kids. a thousand kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of beautiful in a way, though, that they're all connected by the fact that uh, they believe in God and like Jesus in a in a weird way. Mm. I mean, it's the weirdest way to believe in Jesus, I think, is Catholicism. But, uh... I, my Catholic ex-girlfriend explained Catholicism as being Christ. It's She said it's of all the Christian religions, it's the least Christ forward, mm-hmm. which kind of blew my mind at the time because mm-hmm. it's in so much of the imagery. But when you think about like the rituals and, and like the I guess the dogma, maybe that's the word I'm thinking of. Yeah. But like they don't it's not the same as like Baptists or like evangelicals who are constantly yeah. talking about Jesus and how Jesus is like their best friend and they're like right. in his life or whatever. Catholicism is like. Yes, Jesus is on the marquee, but once you're in the building, it's like let's let's yeah. talk about something. Else. If you if you want to pray, you got to speak to the Virgin Mary, who's like Jesus's publicist, is how I heard it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, explained. yeah, yeah. Like he's got some saints, he's got some go-betweens that you know could maybe put in a good word with the big so man. So fucked on a middle management that yeah. is. It's a basically it's an entire religion based on middle management. Is from what it it, it seems. Sure. Like. One of Dennis you Leary's only good bits was that uh, authority in the Catholic Church was based entirely on hat size. Where, oh, that's very good. Bit. <laughs> like the bigger that, the more like, are you gonna go up to heaven and God's just gonna have like a giant sombrero on? Uh, yeah. But and no. then the other good bit was when he was like, "Why is the Q so big in the Nyquil bottle?" <laughs> it's a good bit. That no, was but, a good bit. Why but, is that Q so big? But I think at the root of it, uh, Catholicism <clears throat> is for people that understand that the rules of uh, religion are like slightly malleable. Whereas like Mm -hmm. all the Protestants are like, Oh no, man, you got to follow all this shit literally to the letter of the law. And Catholicism is just like, ah, you know, if you fuck up, uh, you know, say a few of these, give us some money. You'll be all right. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, Judaism is just, uh, Hey, there's no heaven. There's no hell. 
fucking do what you want. I'm pretty sure that's the, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. those are the rules of Judaism. As far as I can tell, it's do whatever you want. Uh, Don't and, worry uh, about anything except whether the soup is hot or not. Just worry about <laughs> soup temperature. That is <laughs> how my dad Matata, has lived his life. hot soup. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but this is not a Jesus Christ, Catholicism, Nicolachet podcast. No, this is a Sopranos podcast, and we cannot start the mailbag episode without first playing the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. The mailbag episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, let's get in to some of these emails. Um, so I'm gonna start first with uh, our eight dollar donor Brett Crawford. Um, and I uh, I don't know Matt what... specifically organized the these by amount of donation. So basically, that's right. Uh, we are like the Catholic Church of this uh, pod, where you you have to pay for indulgences around here. Yeah. Hey, listen. If you got that tithe money, send it. All right, mm-hmm. because mo- yeah, show us those tithes. Eat. Yeah, <laughs> show me them tithes, bet. Um, <laughs> Stupid. All right, Brett Crawford. Uh, I don't remember what his nickname was. It was eh, the Crawdad or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call him. Uh, oh. we, ca- we call him Gumbo the Crawfish. <laughs> Very good. Mm-hmm. All right. S- subject: Did HBO inadvertently kill James Gandolfini? All right. <laughs> so a timeline. Sopranos ends June 2007. Jim does some B plus movies. Steve Carell leaves the office April 11th. 2000 oh so april 2011 does some b plus movies nbc allegedly approaches jim to join the office a working gig hbo allegedly approaches jim to grease his palms if he passes on the office this is to quote protect the legacy of the sopranos apparently so jim takes the free money because a he's not stupid and b they promise to have him back on tv soon enough Flush with $3 million cash, he flies straight to Italy, spends it all on spaghetti, and drowns his heart in a pool of gravy. (laughs) Hey, HBO, James Gandolfini was a fucking actor. He could have played someone other than Tony Soprano on The Office. Maybe if he had had a job to do... uh, A job to do, he would have had the discipline... To mix a salad or two into the meal plan. Also, why did you fire David Benioff and D.B. Weiss the second they suggested shortening the final two seasons of Game of Thrones? You blew it. Fuck HBO. I'm out. Right after all these shows and movies I want to see come out. Signed in feces, dirty, sloppy HBO pig. That's such a weird thing to think that James Gandolfini being on The Office would somehow cheapen The Sopranos. It's weird to me that anybody... It actually makes me think more highly of HBO that they would care about the quote unquote legacy of a show that was already over. Because uh, hmm. I don't, I don't know. I can't imagine anybody else doing that. I mean, I just want to know what subreddit uh, Crawbaby got this information from. Like, where, where? I've never heard this before. Have y'all heard this before? I, I just uh, heard. I, I just found the, the source of it. 
Oh, there's I, like a this is like a like a known rumor. It came. I'm assuming yeah. it came from the other Sopranos podcast that doesn't exist, but uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's a screen article uh, quoting Michael Imperioli and uh, Stephen Sherpa, uh, and uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, and it well, says that, that he says I think NBC before James offered, Spader and after Steve Carell, they offered Jim I want to say four million dollars to play him for the season, and HBO paid him three million not to do it. That's a fact. Hmm. Well, I mean, it sounds like a fact, but then again, these guys have been lying about having a Sopranos podcast that's for a while. True. Yeah, so that's who knows true. what else they'd lie about? I don't. I don't. Even if that is true, I don't buy the narrative that. He, I think if James Gandolfini wanted to be on The Office and they offered it to him, he would have done it. So if, if HBO said, don't do it for $3 million, of course he's going to take that money. But I, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe there is a world in which he was like, wow, I really wanted to do that. But HBO doesn't want me to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's like, no, he was. He was wishy-washy and he was like, well, shit, you're going to pay me not to do it. Yeah, I think he saw it more as like a good way to like threaten them, you know, just Mm -hmm. be like, I don't know, you know, maybe something could happen. Maybe I could start doing uh, funny jokes on NBC's (laughs) The Office. And they were like, no, please. It was basically extortion. But But I I believe. It would be a shame if something happened to your TV program's legacy. (laughs) I go on a TV show. I eat up. I get up. I get hit in the face with a pie. Who's watching? watching that show yeah exactly <laughs> this show doesn't have any legs anymore because i broke its fucking kneecaps <laughs> oh that's, but also you know that that I, is a thing that they do pay people to not do stuff that's that's the whole thing with like flow from pro, uh, the progressive insurance commercials mm-hmm. yeah she oh, would really? be an oscar winner by now if not for yeah, no she's insurance. like straight up paid to not do they pay you enough money so that because you, you're the spokesman you're the face yeah. of the company and they don't want you like going and doing a movie where you're yeah, like titties you show a, or something. I, I gotta yeah, say like a prostitute on the deuce or something yeah if they paid me as much as like they pay someone to be like the you know the progressive insurance or like geico whatever yeah i, I don't know that i'd take it because it's like it's the best job huh. in the world because you probably work less than five days a year and make sure. millions of dollars for it but yeah. uh you could like cure cancer and it, you'd still be the progressive insurance lady like you're never breaking out of that persona it'd be like the worst prison just to go anytime you're going to the airport you have all this free time you have like 360 three days a year to just be on vacation. But the minute yeah. you step into an airport, you got like five dickheads uh, parroting like caveman jokes at you. I, I don't know that it'd be worth it. No, that so does suck. The, yeah. Maybe the Geico caveman would be the ideal one. Cause then you take the makeup off and they don't know it's you. Oh yeah. yeah. In makeup, that'd be the idea, but then you wouldn't get the big bucks. Cause like, who cares if you're that guy, yeah. like, people would be like, yeah. whatever. That's why anyone can play Ronald McDonald's, you know, it's just like, you just, paint their face and you make them look like Ronald McDonald. Yeah, he's all of us. Okay, but I, I do agree with the spirit of this uh, question, which is that um, actors do need like make work jobs to keep them busy. Uh, like I, I, that's I've always what podcasts said, are for. That's right. But I've always said like we need another thing for Jared Leto to do. Yeah, uh, to just like keep him out of movies and from being yeah. like a like Adrian Grenier is doing is like back doing some sort of movie or something. Like please do something. G- give these guys something to do to occupy them so yeah. that we don't have to see them everywhere. Josh Gad. I mean. 
mm-hmm. have them build oh, yeah. like a bridge or something because I don't Honestly, need to read. Honestly, that's what the Green New Deal should mostly be for. <laughs> yeah. The Green New Deal should be like, we're going to, you know, we're going to do like solar panels on the freeway and it's going to be built by the entire cast of Ocean's Eleven so that they don't have to work <laughs> yeah. for like it's a gonna year. Be, it's going to keep Sean Penn from uh, writing alliteration. It's going to keep... <laughs> Alec Baldwin from having more kids and it's going to keep Josh Gad from weighing in on uh, the legacy of Bill Cosby in his latest op-ed piece. Imagine Jesse Eisenberg just like erasing (laughs) all of the graffiti from a skate park instead of doing a movie where he plays the same character over and over. It seems like he'd rather be doing that, which is what makes me like him to some extent. Yeah, you know, I mean, I love him, but hey, honestly, same guy. Over sure. and over and over again. Yeah. Just the same guy. Yeah. We don't um, need any more like Asperger's uh uh megalomaniac characters. And there should honestly there should be um like a law that <laughs> makes it so that celebrities are not allowed to ever be uh have any press done about them unless they mm. are currently pitching a movie. Uh or you know, like or promoting a movie. Cause I just saw uh some of the uh the Jonah Hill uh, interview, mm, yeah, uh, in whatever magazine that was, uh-huh. GQ, I think. Yeah, and I was just like, ah, oh, man, you know, I, I like, I like you, but I, 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 every time you talk, I don't like you, mm-hmm. and that's well, he that's just a- he caught so much. He's clearly so, still so insecure about being. He's like, the young most insecure and and like chubby on film, which I get. I would be too, but it's like you're a, you're you're an adult now. You're so rich and famous. Can't you just let? Let it go. Also, yeah. the way to go to therapy. Don't yeah. go to GQ. Please. The way to cure your insecurity is not through a clean and rad and powerful vocabulary in which you <laughs> try to talk like the rap people that you've heard. It's sad when you don't have public school friends to tell you to shut the fuck up about totally, <laughs> totally. Because wasn't he? Is he like a New Roads kid? Like a Santa Monica? He was either like Crossroads or New Roads. One of the like uh, West LA private schools. Um, I, I just saw something yesterday. I didn't realize this. His dad was like the money manager for like Madonna or something. Yeah, uh, they're they're yeah. all fucking. Yeah, my his mom, brother, uh, who's his brother, who I think died, was Maroon 5's manager. I want to say. Uh, I mean, I mean, listen. I I understand that you guys have like dug in like ticks into the in- entertainment industry, uh, and it's just uh, good for uh, you. Uh, good for you. That's that's fine. But like, um. I don't need to know that you're like vibing right now. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I assume you're vibing, right. you know, shit's going so. good for you. <laughs> it's so annoying. And also like, yeah, like I do feel like there's this, uh, there's a, a whole bunch of kids of like high powered, like entertainment attorneys and stuff who like basically got jobs. I, I know that. And I love, I love Jason Siegel. Can I just say this? Mm-hmm. I love him. I think I really liked that movie for getting Sarah Marshall. Um, and I think there was another movie I liked him in and I love freaks and geeks. Uh, but it, like my mom was a librarian um, at, uh, at this uh, law firm where she like, you know, was the, the manager of the library. Now we know how you got this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and my mom uh, said that, uh, Oh, have you ever heard of this Jason Siegel? And I was like, yeah, he's like a big famous guy. He's like, oh, well, his father is our partner, you know, uh, is the the partner of the firm and is an inter- the biggest entertainment lawyer and whatever the fuck. And I was just like, 
Mom, you think you could have just gone to fucking law school? <laughs> Did you have to get a master's in library sciences? You couldn't have fucking just learned. I mean, it's just so annoying for me uh-huh. that I have to podcast. Meanwhile, my mom is the one who should have put in the work. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It seems like every day I learn about a new celebrity who I didn't know was either like a super wealthy person or a legacy. Like I just learned the other day that yeah. Jason Schwartzman is a Coppola. I didn't know uh-huh. that. Oh, yeah. I didn't need yeah. to know that, but I found that out the other day and I was like, great, there's another one. It's yeah. one of the reasons I I, I, I don't enjoy uh, Wes Anderson movies is because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even the, just uh, stop putting Jason Schwartzman and stuff. He's not good. All right, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> he now was I'm just good being... in Rushmore, and then yeah. that was. I hated that it. movie. That, oh, really? That's I'm one the of the good West. An- that yeah, that's one of the good Wes Andersons. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, it was good. The Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox. Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, but here's the thing about nepotism. I feel like if you're talented enough, no one will ever complain about it. Because like, mm-hmm. true. Julie Louis Dreyfus, perfect. Exactly. Example. Or fucking uh, Nick Kroll. Like Nick Kroll's yeah. dad is like a literal billionaire whose job it, who like runs a investigation for like his dad is basically like the deep state from what it sounds yeah. like <laughs> and uh but you're like okay but nick kroll like you hear him and it's like okay he's funny he's genuinely so i'm never funny. i'm never he's... gonna give him shit about that because whatever i know he's doing like a, a a better version uh of what you could do if you're part of that family i guess yeah no i wanted to i wanted to hate him as soon as i heard that he was you know came came from a billionaire family i was like fuck him and then i watched him and listened to him and i was like i mean he's just he's very funny i can't i can't hate him um anyways the point is is my mom should have done more with her life Mm -hmm. than be a librarian to help me in my career and my dad uh, honestly fucking what did you think being a fucking high school teacher was gonna get me something (laughs) fuck you both my parents fucked me all right i'm sorry (laughs) So yeah, celebrities shouldn't be able to do uh, promo when they don't have a movie, but also recognizable celebrities should not be allowed to do voiceover gigs. That makes me mad. Yeah. Yeah. That leaves some of that work for the rest of us. It ruined animation because, uh, you know, like my favorite thing, one of my favorite things in the world is like the old Looney Tunes. uh, Yeah. With Mm -hmm. Mel, like where Mel Blanc does all the voices because he's so goddamn good at it. And now like every time you get any animated thing, it's just, well, we picked the... 20 biggest celebrities that we could find to just do the voices right. and it's yeah, like so okay timothy chalamet doing daffy duck yeah like, who why? gives a fuck <laughs> yeah exactly oh uh, well let's move to a uh voicemail real quick i know we have a fuck ton of voicemails so um, oh we sure do matt we sure do <laughs> i w- i was not uh i did not vet these uh for their patreon donor status um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I picked some good ones, hopefully. Uh, All right. Hey, Matt and Vince, this is Scotty grab him by the pussy Grable, I believe was the <laughs> shout out name I was given now husband of Bridget, the zit Boyle. So I was glad that our titles bestowed by you, we were still able to get married. And- I mean, Bridget, the zit Boyle, that's a pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, not that's, bad. That's a pretty I mean, good nickname. If I could toot my own horn for just a second. No, yeah, no. The zit boil is, I, I mean, you know, Bridget here. Bridget the zit. I mean, yeah. Yeah. them, But, you know, a person doesn't choose their own nickname. I just wanted to comment in on something you guys did in episode 503 on the backstory of Tony Sirico, probably the most uh, rap-sheeted actor on The Sopranos. 
And I think one of the most interesting tidbits about him also was he made very clear to David Chase from the outset that his character could never become an informant or a rat, which <laughs> apparently dates back to when he was an informant on Beretta in the 70s and he couldn't face his son afterwards, which I feel like is also the thing that is most indicative of the real person in Pauly, which despite that he would tattle the Johnny Sachs and had all his other shortcomings, as long as he's not a rat, then it's all good and he can carry on. I also just had a request, which is, I think, Matt, you talked some time back about making YouTube clips of your many songs and mashups, which I would definitely appreciate just in the ability to promote your podcast to other people since sending people video files of bread pie or snitches and rats is a lot more um, salivating than having to send people entire podcasts with a timestamp on where to check out the songs or funny clips. So if there were ever video files on YouTube of the many songs you've done, I would really appreciate that to be able to spread the word of Pod Yourself a Gun to everyone. Oh, man. I, you know, I really want to do that. We do have the YouTube channel. Um, it's just uh, it's a question of time. Uh, at some point, we will do that. And I know that, you know, Brent, I, I, I had you make a bunch of great edits and uh, and whatnot for um just different episodes from uh, i think last season or the season before actually and i just still haven't have done nothing with them <laughs> there's no time but uh yeah you know a lot of those are on twitter so you can check you can check those out um mm-hmm. maybe your friends can't open up a yeah a go to the pod yourself a gun twitter and 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 hit that media tab you could probably uh find a lot of good oh, clips yeah, on there, there. But also, if you're, uh, you know, uh, if any of you out there are interested in interning for no money, uh, <laughs> we can, we'll gladly give you work to do. Um, but uh, back to his shit on uh, Tony Sirico, that's fucking hilarious. That is great. That's very, very funny that he was I couldn't face my family. <laughs> <laughs> After he fucking played a snitch on, what did he say, Beretta? Yeah, yeah Beretta. I yeah. also want to know how old his kid was. Like, was his kid like <laughs> 10 years old and had zero concept of what, what he was watching, you know? And he was like, I can't even look at my son. Yeah. And why's your kid watching Beretta? Also, like, <laughs> Beretta was the one with the guy who killed his wife, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And I love that he, to him, he's like, that's the most embarrassing thing a cast member of Beretta has ever done was play a character where they snitched, not the one where he killed his wife. What was that guy's name again? Uh, Robert, Robert Evans? No, no Blake. No. Yeah. Robert Blake, yeah. No, Robert Evans is the producer. And he slash. killed, and his wife that he killed was Bonnie Bakley, which is weird because, you know, can you imagine Blake your name being, yeah, Blakely Bonnie Blake Blakely Blakely Blake. I think we've done this Bonnie before. Bonnie Blakely Blake. That's weird. I yeah, probably. I, I think I did the tag. Blake me a cake as fast as you can. <laughs> we're. T- you know, know what? Maybe we're done. Maybe <laughs> as, as soon as out. as soon as you repeat a riff, it's over. <laughs> Kill yourself. Um. Anyways, uh, that is a that is a great uh, voicemail. Uh, what's a what's another voicemail? Let's let's keep the voicemail. Oh, you want going. more voicemails over here? Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying. Okay, uh, all right. Let me find. Hi, uh, my name is Sydney. I'm a huge fan of the Pod Yourself a Gun podcast. Um, I just started listening a couple weeks ago, and yes. I am going in order. So I 
I'm about to start the commendatory episode, season two, episode four. Um, but I just wanted to say, I, di- I don't know if you guys have talked about this because I'm only like a little bit into the show, but I recently found out that uh, the awful theme song to the show that doesn't fit with it at all, it, they chose that because they actually wanted a different song, different theme song for every opening credit. Um, but HBO said that they could not do that because they needed some like continuity so people would actually want to watch the show and have like a song associated with the show. So they ended up just putting that song, that god awful song as for the first episode and HBO wouldn't let them change it even though that they wanted to every single time. Um, yeah, so I think that I think that's just funny. They just kind of got stuck with the song and now it's just like the Sopranos song. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't I can't find any uh I can't verify this independently, but I love uh, that though. I like the story. I love mm-hmm. that. I I hope that's real. I mean, uh, that is and it also I think that makes a lot more sense than mm-hmm. keeping like they it, it does feel like a song they accidentally got stuck with rather than one where they were like no 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 no. i want every episode to open with having a blue moon in your eye you know (laughs) like like just based on the the taste of like david chase's like music choices in this like i see that as being like you know one of those weird songs that you hear randomly at the bing and then it just kind of like moves on and whatnot um Mm -hmm. but the fact that it is the theme song consistently Th- that can only speak to the fact that they were stuck with it. If, if that's true, that's a wow. The Alabama three benefited so much. <laughs> I know thing. We would have no idea who they are. Um, yeah. But have I told you guys that I unironically liked that song a lot in like 10th grade. <laughs> I had never seen the Sopranos oh, and I like made a mix CD that had it. And I would just like, you know, ride around in my brother's car listening to that song and being like, yeah, dude, a blue moon in my eye. Yeah. <laughs> Hate when I have a blue moon in my, uh, you know, shame about it. I also shame about it. <laughs> no shame about it. I also can't fault if that is true, which I don't know if it is, whatever. Uh, I really can't fault HBO for that decision. That just seems like the kind of idea that uh, a studio exists to be like, no, dude, we have to have a consistent theme song, you fucking weirdo. We're not going to yeah. have a different song every episode. It's the worst idea ever. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, to me, that's a situation in which, like, studio notes, you're like, it is, you know, sometimes you need notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes if- you you need someone telling you uh, what that your, your art is stupid. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. You know. But I feel like they do that now. Like I've been rewatching Girls, and I think Girls has a different song every time. Every oh, time really? The title card. It's always a different. But it's song, isn't it just a? It's just a slate card, though, right? It's a title card. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah, you're so right. So it doesn't not, need to. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of shows that just have the title card, and mm-hmm. so they can kind of do the. The there's no theme song. There's just like whatever song is playing just gets yeah. bumped up, he, and then. Mm-hmm. David, like insecure. David Chase probably promised uh, Little Steven that he would have. <laughs> Uh, like a different B-side from one of Lil Steven's side projects in every uh, episode to get him to be on the show, and uh, that was part of the deal. Had to be. I think that is... uh, I mean, you know, it's... Because they do have his music in the fucking series, like so much of it that you're just like, 
all right, you know, this feels like it was uh, in his rider. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like his contract explicitly said there needs to be three episodes where someone is stripping to a song that Bruce Springsteen <laughs> didn't want to do. Maybe, yeah. maybe David Chase wanted to do a different song every time. Lil Stevie found out about it and was like, so, oh, so we can use my song. So he was like, yeah. actually, HBO said we have to use this song. Yeah. I, it's out of my yeah. hands. Yeah. It's out of my hands, dude. Yeah. By the way, uh, I'm so sorry. Playing Furio is uh, better than anything that Little Steven ever did musically. That's yeah. just that's just my opinion. Greater greater D- achievement as the actor from Furio than any of his uh, musical career. Wait, what? What do you mean? Uh, Little Steven, like he was a he's a better actor as Furio. No, he played Sil. Sorry, that's what I meant, Silvio. One of the yeah yeah son of one of those characters. One of the Eos. Yeah yeah yeah. Little Steven as Silvio better than uh, anything, any of the songs yeah, he ever wrote. Definitely better than his solo stuff from what I've heard. But like, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, what a career this man has had. Like being like, I don't know. I like Bruce Springsteen. I think being in the E Street Band is a pretty big deal. So to be yeah, like, sure. not the main focus, but like a pretty integral part of both the Sopranos and Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, exactly. The old I, cap. I don't know, man. I, I've always kind of hated Springsteen. That's kind of an East mm. Coast people. Th- I don't know. Like, he has a couple good songs that, that I appreciate, but goddamn, he's so fucking corny, and uh, <laughs> and everybody takes him so seriously that, ugh. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't. I will admit. Yeah, I definitely, can't. I don't need to hear his poems. I don't, yeah. I don't for sure, hey, don't need to hear his podcast. Hey, man, uh, you just got to buy a Jeep, because, you know, if, if, <laughs> if nobody yeah. wins, if, 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 if I don't win, nobody wins. Or whatever the fuck is quoted. I don't know. He's just such a fake bitch. I don't like him. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, my my only he's a, thing he's with him is... He's a shitty Joe Strummer. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's harsh, but, uh, you know, it's your opinion and you're allowed mm-hmm. to have it. I will say that um, recently I found out about this police murder that happened in the 90s of this guy. It was like pre-Eric Garner, right? It was this dude who got shot 41 times for like burning cds and selling them it was a you know unarmed black man got killed basically right and, and it, was, uh, it turned bruce out Spring- to be bruce springsteen <laughs> yeah it turned out to be bruce springsteen uh in disguise <laughs> uh no he's like, you're gonna was, go uh, meet the ghost of tom jode yeah <laughs> Uh, no, it was uh, so Bruce Springsteen actually wrote a song about it called 41 Shots. Mm. And I was like, oh man, I need to hear that. That's crazy, you know? Um, so I listened to it and it is uh, god awful. It is one of, it's like, you know, just I, it, it, the song is very on the nose. It's mm. just like 41 times. They shot him 41 times. And then at one point he's like, oh, he's been nice to the cops. And he's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And he's like, just be polite and never run. And it was just, you know, like, it was like a dad. Pull up your pants. Yeah, pull up your pants. That's not music. Old music is real music. Oh, that sucks. I didn't know that. I mean, that was the thing. It was, I think at the time, you know, it was, I mean, it was a big deal. It's just looking back on it, uh, I think after uh, enough police shootings in the public consciousness, someone singing a song, which is like, always be nice to the cops because you never know. Uh, mm. It's like maybe sage advice, but it's also very tone deaf. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so 
uh, very victim blamey. Uh, but it was yeah, it's yeah the advice that you give to your kid, but not like the audience of your song. Mm-hmm. Probably. Right? Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't give that advice uh, out loud to the world because it sounds a lot like pull up your pants. Like that's the thing. It's a, yeah. if you say pull up your pants to your kid, you're well within your rights. If you go on TV and you just are like. These blacks need to pull their pants up. Do better in school. It's like, fuck, dude. Like that is uh, that you're making a statement about yourself. Um, I think that's how it works. Anyways, Bruce Springsteen. I still think you know solid B plus to everyone in Jersey. Uh, I apologize. He's great. I was just kidding. I was really just kidding. You're gonna get some angry voicemails. From yeah. You just yeah. lost us all of our Jersey listeners. <laughs> um. Hey, uh, Brent, why don't you uh, read us an email? Uh, sure, from, okay. Yeah. I, I had a couple picked out, uh, and this actually does kind of dovetail nicely. This is from, uh, I'm sorry if I pronounced this wrong, from Dignan, D-I-G-N-A-N, which yeah. I don't know, it might be one of those Gaelic names, and really it's like Dynan or something. Isn't or Dignan like the name Davin. of uh, Mark Wahlberg's character in The Departed? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is it? It's been a yeah. while. So it's probably Irish or some shit. All right. Well, then. All right, Dignan. Um, what will you guys launch next when you've depleted the Sopranos episode supply? Ah, uh, the. We don't know. Like, it's a million dollar question. A hundred million dollar question, dude. Mm-hmm. That is the one. I mean, I think we've all like talked about the fact that when this is over, um, we're just going to fucking kill ourselves. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if the planet be- kills us first. Yeah, the planet might kill us first if we're you know lucky. But if we're unlucky, we'll have to off ourselves. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think the the wire is the obvious choice, right? Mm-hmm. And then like or like Breaking Bad. Um, I don't want to do Breaking I was, Bad. You said you don't want to do Breaking Not Bad. Not really. I like I like Better Call Saul better than Breaking Bad. I, I don't know. The Bra- Breaking Bad had the writer strike season. And, uh, you know, I, like towards the end of Breaking Bad, I thought it was really good. But there are some real fucking try hard uh, cringers in that catalog, I will say. I'll, I'll I'm, tell yeah, you I'm right. I'm afraid to rewatch it because I loved yeah. it. But I, yeah. yeah, thinking back on some of it, I'm like, there's, there's no way that was as good yeah. as I remember it. But I, I, just I rewatched did- the pilot not that long ago and I did think it was great. So I don't know, maybe. I just did a light rewatch of uh, all of Breaking Bad. I, not every single episode. I skipped, you know, uh, a couple here and there. But uh, I just did a rewatch of it. And um, yeah, Vince, you're a hundred percent right. Uh, just in terms of like, it really is like the last two seasons where you're like, oh, this is this is very good. The first three or so um, are. It's not that they're like super they're not particularly terrible or anything like that but it is a lot of like how's macgyver gonna get out of the situation using science and um (laughs) which is like fine or whatever but the the biggest issue that i had in kind of rewatching it was it is fucking montage heavy Mm -hmm. it is a lot of montages there's a lot of like try hard montages a lot of try hard perspective where you're just like the shot starts uh, focusing on a fly and, and you follow the fly yeah. for like 90 seconds and you're like, okay, yeah. guys, we get it. Black you're pre- you're prestige Yeah. in a pool. Yeah, that's the one <laughs> yeah. I think of where I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's probably one I should just leave in the memory. I mean, basically, like, and- there's two ways to go with this, which is like to do yeah. a show that's like, you know, that uh, that is legitimately great, which 
for me, those are like uh, The Wire, obviously, uh, Six Feet Under. I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of uh, basically any of any of David Simon's shows. Uh, the Nick, I love. Uh, or you mm-hmm. could go, you know, the other way to revisit one that feels more like a cultural time capsule. Uh, like right. I, f- I feel like the OC is very interesting in that way, which like <laughs> is good, like yeah. the first season and a half or so is legitimately uh, like great soap opera television. Right. Um, and there's, yeah, there's yeah. some like, that are more like that or like, you know, uh, entourage, which is a show that I kind of hate, but it is. Whew, yeah. It, I mean, there's already on shows out there, but it is a great time capsule. That is true. I mean, we would be stepping on uh previous guest nando vila's toast that's right um, yeah you know well, no, you if you started it's the only entourage podcast that's, <laughs> that's a very right. good point i never considered that can well, i suggest a third option yes please uh lillahammer just follow okay. little stevie around yeah. has anyone I, seen lillahammer i think i watched I, like no. 10 minutes of it and i don't have like a strong opinion on it but i just sort of stopped watching it and forgot that i'd started it so i don't mm-hmm. know yeah I, I haven't seen it uh, at all. I've been interested in it, but it's uh, it's just one of those shows where I haven't heard enough. Oh, you should definitely watch this. It like in one way or another. Like if someone says you should definitely watch it, it's a really good show, or you should definitely watch it. It is fucking like madness, just totally mm-hmm. ridiculous, totally stupid. You'd love it. Like uh, I've I've heard no strong opinions about it, so. I haven't started it. I feel um, like just the the landscape of television now, like when you know, even like seven or eight years ago, when uh, when these streaming when these streamers like put out or not streamers but like premium cable networks put out a show, like there was they had expectations behind it. Like they sure. they, they wouldn't put out a show without you know expecting it to be the next uh, Sopranos on some level. Yes, and then you know as soon as all the streamers got into the mix, now it feels like everyone's kind of just throwing shit at the wall. So you get a lot of these things that like have the feel. And uh, self indulgentness, uh, self indulgence of uh, prestige TV, but none of the content. And you're like, well, I'm not gonna watch. No, it's all they do is they <laughs> just. Uh, everyone thinks that uh, what makes a prestige TV thing is when you uh, have like a happy song over a violence scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just like, damn, dude, this is deep. And it's like that. No, this is just. Uh, it's hackneyed at this point. It's just the yeah. same fucking. You know, it's the same montage over and over again. Guy getting beat and then, you know, fucking someone is singing the the wheels on the bus goes round and round. The Apple TV approach to prestige is just like, we're just going to make this look as expensive as possible. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get the most famous actors you've ever seen, beautiful, huge sets. And then, you know, somebody will write words for them to say at some point. But like, you know, we'll figure that out later. Sure. I will say the one thing of the Apple TV is Apple Plus or whatever the fuck is good at is I feel like they're the only ones on the earth doing good sound mixes anymore. Like you can yes. actually hear clear dialogue mixes in yes. all their shows. Uh, and like that is... Uh, completely not true for anybody else right now no including breaking bad like breaking bad i just in this rewatch i was just like i I mean i appreciate the actors doing subtlety in dialogue but you really need the subtitles to hear it because like just the sound mix is just fucking awful um but uh yeah i don't know man i'll tell you breaking bad like rewatching that kind of uh fucked me up a little bit because i was just like this was just, I remember it being so good. And I think it's because it's not a good binge show. I think mm. it's a good show to watch week by week, uh, mm. especially if you haven't seen it. Um, but as a binge show, it just turns into the um, 
like just like Walt becomes a much more uh, infuriating anti-hero. You're just like, I fucking hate this guy over and over <laughs> and over again. And uh, and in that way, it's kind of brilliant. But uh, anyways, so who knows? Uh, I think we'll be, you know, polling the audience to see what they like. And uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Or, you know, we'll just kill ourselves, one or the other. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, Brent, you got a you got another uh, email? Sure, I got another email. This one is from Elizabeth Marino, who says, "Stop using Auto Tune." Uh, <laughs> oh, I missed that one. <laughs> I love that. She continues, uh, "The Bada Bee stories are my favorite. I was even hoping you would release a bonus episode at the end with a compilation of all of them together. That is a running theme. People love the Bada Bee stories, and they want them all in one place." Yeah. Um, they get stuck in my head, and sometimes I like to re-listen just for fun. But the auto-tune is ruining it. It's hard <laughs> to understand, and it just sounds like weird Middle Eastern music. Please stop. How dare you. Weird Middle Eastern music is, I, it's like, I, I want to pretend like, I don't know what she's, like she's canceled. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about, but I know exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, thank you, uh, Elizabeth. Here's the thing. I'm trying uh, my hardest um, to make the auto tune less noticeable. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, there, I've also done a few this season with no auto tune, like the Law and Order one. Uh, so uh, you're, you're definitely going to not you're not going to like next week's episode, but uh, there <laughs> future ones you will you will like more. So Freaking bro Burnham over here. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> What? All right. I don't know. So that's you. Anyway, you do song parodies. I know, but why, bro? You know, because he's Cause already. That's what you are. Uh, I don't know. All right, fine. Fair know, enough. Dude. Just, uh, just accept it. God damn. It. I accept. I accept. Um, but uh, honestly, though, thank you. I'm glad. And there will be um a uh collection of all of them that will be available, um, eventually. I'm just not sure if we're gonna release that. And uh, that might be like a when the series is over type thing. I don't know. Um, or maybe it'll just it, like they're all in the best ofs, um, like. But they're I guess I don't play the full thing. We'll figure it out. The point is, they will all be in a collection out at some point soon. Um, just a quick uh, email from a donor, Patreon donor, Andrew mm. City, because we gotta, you know, we gotta let these patrons know uh, that we fucking love them. Uh, hey, frat boys and possibly frat girls. Um, I have a question for Matt. Since you like to eat uh, that butt, if someone calls you a butt munch, would you consider it a compliment or an insult? That is uh, 
It's a great question. Um, I consider it a compliment. All right, moving yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is uh, from uh, Old Dusty. Um, <laughs> Dustin, Dustin French, he is a, a, a donor. Hey, fellas. I was just loving the episode with Noel Brown. And remember one of you mentioning that amazing song by that amazing band Nickelback. <laughs> There's a guy on YouTube who makes some of the best mashups I've ever heard, including... Uh, this toe tap and ditty. Now I may be wrong here, but this uh, but this kind of stuff seems right up your alley, and something that Matt might create with a sound editor. Um, love both of the podcasts. So there is a link here. Uh, so this is an email that was sent before I did my own um, version of of uh, Nickelback song, mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, he he sent this link and I just played it and you guys, it's really really good. I like your pants around your feet. I like your pants around your feet. DJ Cumberbund. I like your pants around your feet. I like. goes on for three more minutes no we don't need the three minutes (laughs) although i will say it reminded me of uh this guy's bit where it's uh it's jack and diane but the Mm -hmm. only the only lyrics are sucking on a chili dog (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. sucking on a chili dog 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 Sucking on a chili dog, 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 sucking on a dog, sucking on a chili dog, sucking on a chili dog, sucking on a dog, sucking on a chili dog, sucking on. All right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I love it. That was Tom C. McGovern, I think, on uh, Instagram. I really enjoyed it. 
That's very, very good. I was actually wondering where that there was a, a recent kind of like explosion of sucking on a chili dog uh, memes. Uh, and I was wondering, like, why does everyone keep saying sucking mm. on a chili dog? And now I know, know why. I guess he says uh, that in the song at some point. but Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Nickelback Sorry. Song. That was a DJ Cummerbund. DJ uh, Cummerbund. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is uh, on. You can find him on YouTube. The song is called Pants Feet, and it, it truly is right up my alley. That is fucking incredible. Um, Please leave a comment saying that Pied Yourself a Gun sent you to that YouTube link if you if you watch it. I would just like to see how many how many comments we end up with under this. Yes, exactly. Please do that because, man, I fucking love engagement. Okay. <laughs> um yeah, uh, Vince, what about uh, another uh, voicemail, please? Oh, yeah, sure, Matt, sure, 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 sure. We got a couple of voicemails that are good. Um, one of the voicemails uh, that I'm definitely not killing time uh, in order to find nope. uh, mm-hmm. is is this one. Oh, man. I love Pod Yourself a Gun. I have so much to say, but I know this needs to be short. My wife and I fell no, in I'm- love while watching... Uh, this series. She didn't finish it. I did. Slacker. Sounds like your love life, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) You don't make your wife come! (laughs) And I have to say, I have always hated A.J. Soprano. (laughs) And I thought he was a terrible actor. Until I listened to your podcast, I've repented of my ways. I realized I just wasn't in on the nuance that is H.H. Soprano. Also, right. I forget which one of you writes uh, all the songs and spoofs uh, where you splice in just different songs and stuff. It's Matt. He loves them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I feel like that is... Well, what's the, en- what's the end of that? What's the end of what he's about to say? Oh, okay. I laugh 100% of the time at every single one of them. Thanks yeah. for the podcast. I am loving it. Yeah, we're just like McDonald's. sorry. I, I needed. I I knew validation was coming, and I was yeah. like, I don't know what you're doing, pausing it right here. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, sorry. I wa- actually just wanted you to sweat through it because I knew you needed that, and you were gonna. Yeah, no, that was killing me, dude. That I played it. Um, you're leaving me edging over here. I'm trying to right. come, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, you know when you watch something uh, when you're younger or like uh, a little more immature in your media viewing uh there's the tendency to just uh dislike actors who play unlikable characters but totally uh, i don't know aj's I, I don't know i think robert eiler is like pretty perfect as aj yeah i mean I, I i like it's hard to know what's acting and what's not but i feel like that is i don't know that tracks when it comes to like mafia pictures mm-hmm. like at you a certain know, point a lot i don't of... care it's kind of like yeah. I, I stopped caring whether things are like intentionally funny or unintentionally funny at this point right as well. right 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 it's like if i'm it laughing exactly mm-hmm. yeah and when it comes to you know i think a lot of characters not just robert eiler but like you know fucking you know uh tony sirico you know it's like these people are not necessarily stretching in terms of like their acting ability right you know this is like not a it's not hard for tony sirico to play a tough guy um that's not to impugn the fact that he's like really fucking good at it. I mean, he's, he's great. Uh, but it's like, you know, same thing with Robert Eiler. I don't think he was necessarily that much different 
than uh, AJ Soprano. I mean, he's not, you know, obviously the son of a mobster and stuff like that. But in terms of like loving Slipknot and being a little mm-hmm. new metal kid and kind of being a little shit to his parents and stuff like that. I mean, he was a child actor, so he yeah. probably kind of was yeah. that. He also, br- I think I, he started to bring more nuance, like especially this season oh, that totally. we've been watching. Like you can see him, you can see the character gaining some levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and he's pulling it off, I think. But also, oh, like, I think he's doing a great job. It, like if you're being yourself, even if that's whether or not that's like different from acting, like you're if you're still doing that like on command, right. saying other people's words, being yourself, like then you're doing a good job of act. Like that is right. a yeah. type of acting. Just that watch, means he was yeah. like well cast. W- watch Dennis Rodman attempt to play himself or use his own persona <laughs> in literally right. anything, and you and you can understand how hard that is. Which I'm, it would mm-hmm. be just as hard for me i'm sure or like you yeah. know anyone who's not like a trained actor it's it's oh, hard vince i cannot imagine you like i can i can imagine you trying to act and it's making it's me laugh it's real bad oh yeah you're yeah, just <laughs> oh man that'd be funny like you forget whenever there's like a camera on you you forget um like to emote with your eyes mm-hmm. it's it's a weird thing where you just get like really like straight eyed and uh and it's uh it's frightening i turn off the self view on the zoom i know i know because you don't want to look at yourself and it's uh i can only imagine just you trying to act man that'd be fun we need to do a movie Mm -hmm, let's do it and i and and like write you like a really dramatic part (laughs) and (laughs) i just want to see that Uh because oh fuck it would be great um but yeah, yeah no, I, I, mean, I thought I thought about like doing uh like an acting class or an improv when I was doing more uh stand up because I'm sure yeah. it would have helped me uh be better mm-hmm. at comedy, but just the thought of it I couldn't I could never get I couldn't ever get over the hump. Well of, the thing about with you doing stand up, it was great because it was you. It was your it was you yourself being you. And so it wasn't like, man, this guy's uh not good at acting like himself doing stand-up like no one can tell it's just who you are on stage but just you trying to play anyone else reading someone else's lines without getting frustrated (laughs) i can't imagine it (laughs) you're the most frustrated man who's ever lived and uh, just imagining you someone like telling you what to do that oh that gives me joy um let's do let's do another uh another voicemail i i'm enjoying the voicemails sure sure uh, this one, there's a question uh, in this one. Uh, I, I can't remember if we've answered something like this or not, so I'm just going to play it. Hey, Vince. Hey, Matt. Uh, $8 a month donor, Ryan. Uh, love the show. Solid B+. Um, I was in middle school in northern New Jersey when The Sopranos debuted, so... Uh, it's great to kind of rewatch the show. My question really, though, is what is your guys' favorite um, parody of Hollywood agents and um, the business side? And why is it when little Pauly and Benny smack Chris's sponsor in the face with his own MacBook? All right. So I'll be plus. Run on. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we love love that episode. I love the John Favreau episode. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of other like movies or shows that have done really good uh, like parodies of 
agents and, and Hollywood people. Um, the, the one that I thought of was, I think it's called art school confidential, um, mm. by the same director as, uh, bad Santa. And okay. yeah, Ter- Terry's, Terry Zweigoff, Terry Zweigoff. Yeah. And his, uh, like that movie, it does, it's, it does not end well, but like the first, at least half or three quarters of the movie are really good. And it's all about these art school kids. Um, mm-hmm. I think the the player, the Robert Altman movie, I haven't seen that in a long time, but everybody says that's a really good one too, but I haven't seen it in I, a long time. I thought on Louis, uh, on Louis C.K.'s show, Louis, um, he, the, it, he had some pretty good, like, I think it was his agent was like a literal 13 year old kid. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, you know, obviously it's absurdist, but that mm-hmm. to me was, was pretty funny. I mean, especially considering that literally, yes, all of the people who control, uh, you know, your destiny in Hollywood are all younger than you usually. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, that is Am I confusing that with 30 Rock or do they have a similar bit? I think it's it's not a 13-year-old. It's Josh Fadum specifically who, like, looks young and they have him right. playing pretty young and wearing a giant suit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They did that, that in 30 Rock, funny. too. Uh, yeah. yeah, another, uh, obviously, uh, Ron Livingston playing Charlie Kaufman's agent in Adaptation. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. solid. And Matthew McConaughey as uh, the pecker in Tropic Thunder, uh-huh. I thought was also <laughs> really excellent. I like that one because... Like the uh, the take there is that he just wants to be best friends with like a star, and uh-huh. uh, that seems to that seems to check out. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense, and it is true. Um, yeah, uh, what was the second half of the the question? Uh, oh, he's just he says why? What is the best parody of Hollywood agents, and why is it uh, when Polly and Benny smack Chris's sponsor in the face with a MacBook? Yeah. Well, I mean that, that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, I can't really think of anything else. I I'll say this though. Um, am I the only one who didn't think that the Tom Cruise cameo in Tropic oh, Thunder was good? I hate yeah, it. It's, it was like, it I like the felt... way it's written, but then watching Tom Cruise, like try to be, uh, mm. self-aware and fun. Like Tom Cruise is too intense to be that good at co- comedy for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. He's just not a funny person. He's trying, he, he's like really trying to be funny and it yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, overall, like I, I love the movie. It doesn't like, no, it doesn't, it, it doesn't hurt the movie, movie in any all, way. Yeah. I think it was, you know, when I first saw it, like it just seemed funny that Tom Cruise was doing this, but yeah, now yeah, that a seemed, more yeah. perspective. It's like, yeah, you probably could have got like a funny actor to do this. Right. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the joke is that it's Tom Cruise and you're like, oh, yes. right. Exactly. And once you kind of get over that joke, it is, um, yeah, it's not a really great performance. And, and it also, uh, I don't know. It was like one of those things where I felt crazy because the audience was eating mm-hmm. it up yeah, in the theater. The, one of those book smart moments. Totally. Yeah. 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 I was just like, I don't think this is that good, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Am I crazy? Um, but yeah. Uh, fucking... Great movie in spite of that scene, I would say, though. All the, other, I mean, all the other Hollywood parody stuff in that movie is pretty and, solid. And I think most of his scenes also have Bill Hader in them, who is just going to elevate every scene he's in. Yeah. So I think that's part Ugh. of it, too. Yeah. We could uh, maybe like in a few years, we'll, we'll do this about Barry because goddamn, that oh, show is good. Yeah. Or I was going to say, um, do the leftovers. 
Yeah, the leftovers is really good. Also, I fucking love the leftovers, dude. It is, and in terms so of, it might, like the uh, from the second season on, that theme song is like one of the best opening title sequences that I've ever seen. It's so good. yeah, yeah. It is. It's just fucking. It's amazing. It's so good. Oh god damn it! I just like you know. I just shows like that. You just every time I think about Justin Thoreau, I'm just like. Fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking I didn't realize hot. that. He wrote Tropic Thunder. Yeah. yeah that's, I didn't, like, that's crazy. That's crazy. I didn't realize that he was related to Paul Thoreau, the like the travel oh, yeah. writer who I love. And then I realized that all the fucking Thoreaus are all related. They're all related. They're <laughs> yeah. all related. Like he's an example to me of like, not just like, it's not even Hollywood nep- nepotism. It's, it's, uh, I don't know, intelligentsia nepotism. Yeah, it's just a like a family that's like good at stuff and smart. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm, I mean, yeah, fuck yeah. Them all. He's, he's also related to Louis Thoreau, right? Yeah. The fucking, I think uh, Louis is like Paul's son, I want to say. It's just yeah. not, it's like not fair. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, does, so in that family, is Justin Thoreau like the dumb one then? I, I Probably. Think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. Guy, he's just he, he, oh, he he's wrote a movie the, yeah. with Tom Cruise in it. Great. Oh, you're the one who wrote the racist character. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> yeah. Paul's brother is also like a novelist. Uh, he has two brothers that are both like you know fairly prominent writers. Like, all right, settle down, yeah. you guys. Yeah. Honestly, and he's just so hot. My God, <laughs> he's just like one of the hottest men. <laughs> The last time I was at my parents' house, my mom referred to him as yummy, and I had to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> but then you look at him, and you're like, eh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> no, I get it. She's not wrong. She's literally not lying to you. Um, yeah. Um, let me see. We do have another um, another $5 donor who has um, a, a very uh, long email. Oh, good. That, that I would like to uh, read for us. This is from Jonathan Belland. <laughs> I mean, it's B E L A N D. How do you Belland? Belland? Like, oh, yeah. Like isn't a, Belland like British insult? Isn't yeah. that for like dicks? Yeah, isn't that yeah. Like it's your, a knob. Oi! Oh, no, it's Belland, Jono. I don't know. Uh, all right. <clears throat> hey, man. Belland can't even make a bread pie. I really never learned to rake a pie before baking a pie. All right. Um, hey, hey, Matt and Vince, been catching up on broadcasts and just finished just finished the episode from a few weeks ago um, where you guys are talking about stuff like Romeo plus Juliet and TV theme songs. First off, you made me want to go and watch Romeo plus Juliet. I'm about Vince's age, so I remember it being a huge thing in high school. I never saw it at the time, but then again, I did not know a weird chick to go see it with. Or, rather, I knew plenty of weird chicks, but I had no luck getting them to see it with me. <laughs> Been there, dude. All right? Also, the discussion of TV theme songs was great. Matt's rendition of a gritty, swampy, raspy theme song had me busting out laughing. I watched the True Blood opening on YouTube afterwards, and <laughs> Matt's impression wasn't far off. The, I'll say, uh, wait, is it True Blood? I've never actually seen True Blood, so I don't know what the opening of that is. True Detective is the one that mm. has the Handsome Family song, which I that's a theme song that I actually listen to. That's like on the playlist. You know what I mean? You know that one? When the dusty mesa 
a looming shadow yeah. grows. I, I think you like when I when you were when you were doing it. I thought you were doing a parody of like true crime. Uh, I was theme song. I I was trying to find the first season of Doctor Death because that is uh-huh. like a re, like a classically bad theme yes. song. Yeah, the Doctor Death theme song. It's it is just like yeah, the, the, these like very specific true crime theme songs are the ones that I think I was parodying, which is just like uh, yeah, fucking some rockabilly lady singing about how like her lover got stabbed um and it was her who did it or something um <clears throat> bringing up the rockford files theme song uh remind me of other great uh late 70s and damn ooh, it sorry i can't find it go go ahead that's fine and early mid uh mid 80s songs from the glenn a larson and donald p belisario era of tv in particular, songs from Magnum P.I., The A-Team, Simon & Simon, Airwolf, and The Fall Guy come to mind. My personal favorite is Airwolf, but for the vocals, I'd recommend checking out The Fall Guy. Methinks Matt would like it. Thanks for keeping the frock going. You two are some of the best internet para friends a guy could ask for. What is that? Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Farrah. I've never been with anything less than a nine So fine I've been on fire with Sally Field Gone fast with a girl named Bo But somehow they just don't end up as mine It's a death-defying life I lead I take my chances I die for living in the movies and TV So... I guess this what show is just ab- that? about Lee Majors <laughs> and his conquests. That was like a little bit before my time, but yeah, that's a that's an interesting. Was that one. Fall Guy? Yeah, that's the Fall Guy. Oh Lord! Oh man! Um, did it say? Did he say he only smooches nines or something? What yeah. was that? Yeah, he's only been with nines. Yeah. Okay. Is he talking about like as opposed to tens, or is that a gun reference? No, I think he only. Uh, no, only he only hooks up with dudes with nine-inch hogs. Yeah. <laughs> I like nine inches and thin. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No one's ever like really like saying like, well, I want a thin dick, which is unfortunate because I feel like a lot of people got length, but not girth, you know, not me, but you know, that's anyways. Thank you, John B uh, for that. And also he wrote an entire lyric sheet for uh, a, uh, another parody song. And I'm I'm just I'm not gonna read it, but um, it does contain lines like "too many dead bitches already lying around this bayou," which uh, <laughs> I think is pretty good. Um, it also ends with "maybe I'll get help from my vampire friend." I should. Um, okay, so John B, I'm gonna need you to call in and uh, sing your parody song because it sounds pretty good. Um, The next is from Chris Miller, $8 donor. My wife's cousin got married over the summer. At the wedding, I found out my wife has an aunt that looks exactly like Phil Leotardo. No questions. I'll just hit send and listen. (laughs) Cool. Great message. Love that. I love it. I am picturing Phil Leotardo in a a dress at a wedding, and it's bringing me joy. Thank you. Oh, I love it. Uh, Next time, please uh, send a picture. Of uh, your, um, you um, know, Phil, Phil Leotardo. Leotardo. Yeah, of Mrs. Leotardo, yeah. Uh, your aunt. Um, 
There's also another email uh, from someone who actually just sent a voicemail, Scott uh, Grabel. Grable. Um, that's Scotty Brent. grabbing by the pussy. That's that's Scotty <laughs> grabbing by the pussy, and, and he's the one whose wife is uh, is the, the zit, zit, right? Yeah, Bridget the Zit Boyle. Yeah. Um, Brent, do you want to read this email? Sure, I'll read this one. Uh, Scott says, hey, I just started following on IG. Thank you so much. And was happy to see the clips there to listen to from Pod Yourself. I can't remember if you mentioned that when telling people to follow you there. But people knowing they can find those clips would be great incentive. So if yes. you're listening and you didn't know that, yes, we do post clips from the show, both to the Twitter uh, at Pod Yourself a Gun and to the Instagram at Pod Yourself a Gun. So if you're not following those, follow them. Yeah, uh, And then Scott continues, on another note, on the recent broadcast, you speculated as to which heroes were Jews. Well, <laughs> on HBO, Lindelof made Dr. Manhattan a Jew, one who fled Nazi occupation as a child, as explained by Trent Reznor. And then there is... Uh, we don't need to listen to... Okay. to <laughs> yeah. uh, Scott then asks, but I wanted to ask if you had a good term for that, retroactively canonizing the Jewification of characters. Mm, mm. I don't know. Yeah, a good term for it. It's like retconning, yeah. but it's uh Yeah, mm. yeah. It, it yeah, yeah, it's uh dret he's the Torah Torah uh hold on. Torahforming? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you're t- like when you're terraforming but with the <laughs> yeah, Torah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um yeah, I mean it's conning. Schritz conning, I I like it. Um yeah, there's another one there in somewhere. Uh, but I think we'll go with either Schwitzconning or Toraforming. Uh, I, I, you don't see it too much. You don't Tor- see Toraforming makes me laugh. So that's the one I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like you just yeah you don't see characters retroactively becoming Jews. You see that I think with other things like um, making Dumbledore gay and stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, <clears throat> like. You, like it would be really funny if it's like they made Dumbledore gay, and also I feel like uh, Dobby is Jew coded. Like people would be like, <laughs> I think it would immediately be offensive, no I mean, matter what. She do that with the bankers. I mean, she I definitely Jew coded the bankers yeah. like crazy. There's like a scene where they're at the bank, um, and there's just like a big star of David in the middle of it, and I was just like, oh, that's uh, that's not even <laughs> subtle, dude. <laughs> like, um. But uh, yeah, you don't see too much of of that. Um, I feel like the was um, uh, yeah. uh, what's his name from the X Men? Was he always Jewish in the comic books? Was he always a Holocaust? That's actually a good well? question. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you do see I it more. I just think they, I think that was always the case, right? Was that always there? Well, which I is don't, yeah, I don't know. Which is funny because they are like overtly parables for uh like malcolm x and martin luther king supposedly mm-hmm. so but right right know. right right but they decided um you know sometimes like going jew is the safe way to go um you know they're like because it's it's just the one everyone knows it's it's the same reason why everyone is like oh every time someone discusses like a vaccine passport there are people who uh, you would assume are college educated being like you know anytime someone asks you to show show some papers it's a problem and you're just like please don't bring the holocaust into this like why (laughs) why are you doing this and they just i think they do it because they can't think of another example where people show papers Mm -hmm. so and and that is bad so they um yeah i don't know i i i don't 
know the history of the X-Men comic books, but I thought that Magneto was always a Holocaust survivor. I that was like when I went to the Berlin Film Festival a few years back, I got the wrong type of ticket for like the public transit I was on. Like there's a different one for like the tram and like the underground and uh, <laughs> they were checking tickets. And so I actually got asked to show my papers by the German police. And I was like, you know, this ticket cost me 60 euros, but kind of worth it. <laughs> it was worth it to have a German say, let me see your papers. Yeah. And there was like a really nice lady nearby who was trying mm-hmm. to talk me out of it and being like, oh, he didn't know. He's just a dumb American. And uh, yeah. I really appreciated Quiet, that. lady. Really, it really raised Germany uh, up in my uh, opinion of And there was there was no one on that German train who was like, well, we're making him show papers now. Does this <laughs> on a train? Anything? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, you're going to ride a train in Germany? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means. Oh, man. Whoever that lady was, I really appreciated that. Thank you for that. I wonder if there is like my, just like my we Mrs. Have, Schindler, your Mrs. Schindler who saved you. <laughs> um, I, I wonder if they have that like the same in Germany as we do in America. Of like, are there people just like Christian Germans who randomly will just be like, "This is exactly like the Holocaust." <laughs> like they probably, I assume they don't. I assume they they have some sense enough to be like, let's not. You know, well, say that it, me me having like, to wear a helmet is like the Holocaust. You know, well, they had some sort of like legal way of repercussions for for anti maybe not anti semitism but like for Nazi stuff, didn't they? So I, yeah, I, I imagine I think that, that if you were have been raised there, that like you're pretty careful about stuff like that. But I could be wrong. I mean, who knows now? Nowadays, yeah. everyone's radicalized, so I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't true. be surprised if they're you know if they're saying like. Us not flying the Nazi flag is exactly what the Nazis <laughs> did. Like, like I'm sure that happens now. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyways, um, okay. I think that counts as a pod. You guys, what do you guys think? Definitely sounds great. Yeah, that's great definitely the first take of that. Them being excited. <laughs> about more <laughs> so you can check out the rest of the mailbag episode on patreon.com slash fraughtcast once again please join the patreon family help us out some of us are about to get kicked off of unemployment um vince what is the google voice number 415-275-0030 all right everybody fraughtcast at gmail.com you already know we're doing the mailbag episode uh, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in part two of the mailbag on Patreon. So don't stop believing. Mm. Uh, do you want me to stop recording? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.